with so many podcasts out there, shows can get lost in the shuffle. That's why we implore you to check out Too Many Captains. You can find us at a moviepodcast.com. Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And now, here comes a new episode of Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Oh yeah, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know that we just had our season finale not too long ago, but... This movie came out, and we just had to record a quick episode. Yeah, it. it's an at-the-movies episode, and think about it as like a bonus episode like we did a couple seasons ago. Yeah, exactly, kind of like what we did with It Chapter 2. Yeah, and that as well. And uh, You're right, We that was an inter-season at-the-movies episode, too, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's actually perfect, it works. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about The Suicide Squad because we just had to. There was no way we were not going to cover this movie. And boy, am I glad we're covering it. I am as well. I mean, as everybody here may be aware of, we did do an episode on the original Suicide Squad. And I was the only one that didn't like that, apparently. (laughs) Well, I think we all agreed that it was bad <laughs> because yeah i agree that it's bad it's just it was kind of a guilty pleasure for me but looking back at it now and seeing how much it could have been and comparing it with this i don't know i feel like this movie just makes the entire original suicide squad movie completely pointless uh the few things that i really liked about that movie that were really interesting that i wanted to see fleshed out you've got that in this movie and it's done to dare i say perfection Yeah, I mean, you need to look no further than this movie when it comes to Suicide Squad, and especially when it comes to representations of certain characters like Harley Quinn. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, finally, the most realized um, depiction of Harley Quinn. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the best depiction for sure. Um, obviously we've got that angle in the original Suicide Squad where she's kind of more sexualized and, and the whole objectification thing. I mean, and it's fan service, whatever, but 
I really enjoy this portrayal so much more because she's just a badass. And and with in Birds of Prey, I think they were going for showing Harley in a in a very different light, in a very complex light, and as a three-dimensional character. And she kind of needed to go through that period. But it's nice to see her back to her badassery all the way. And 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 she fully complements the cast of this movie in particular. Yeah, and what is particularly glaring about the original Suicide Squad, especially with Harley Quinn, was just how badly written she was. Yeah. I mean, her, her dialogue was goddamn awful in that fucking movie, and this movie rectifies that entirely. I mean, she actually has some memorable lines of dialogue here, some memorable moments that are just like, ha, that's funny, you know? Yeah. It's like, finally, we're getting a good version of Harley Quinn. Or like she says in that one trailer clip, you know, which is in the movie. Um, oh, you guys tried to rescue me. Oh, you yeah, know, that, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, I can go back inside. and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're not going to spoil this movie too much. That was in the trailer. So that was in the trailer. Yeah. Whatever is in the trailer, you're probably going to hear on this episode. So first thing that I am going to talk about is what to me is the elephant in the room here <laughs> that fucking weasel that fucking weasel that Wait. weasel is amazing yeah and the motion capture performance is done of course by sean gunn oh nice Hell james yeah. gunn's brother who Hell did yeah. uh who did uh the motion capture performance for rocket and guardians of the galaxy and he's also the character craglin yeah. So he yeah. actually makes two appearances in this movie, that fucking weasel and also that random prisoner. Oh, man, the fucking weasel. Oh, this character needs to be at the forefront of this new version of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I want to see him be a Peacemaker's sidekick in the new series. That's what I want to see. I want to see. Amazing. I want to see him come up in the new Peacemaker series because it would just be so hilarious to see... John Cena, or, you know, of course, you can't see John Cena. Nobody can see John Cena. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's weird. I kept waiting for him to show up in this movie, and it, it seemed like characters were talking to air at times. Oh, all the time. But I never saw John Cena at all, did you? No, I didn't see him. You, so you, weird. He's unseeable. He's unseeable, and he's unknowable. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we digress. We really need to have the weasel interact with John Cena as Peacemaker because that would be some of the funniest shit ever. It would be comedy gold. Yes, that fucking... What are they going to do with that weasel, okay? How did they think that thing up? It's like, that. where did that come from? That weasel is awesome. I mean, just the look on its eyes. It's just pure derangement. And then Rick Flagg is all like, oh, he's harmless. I mean, he's killed 27 children. It's like, 27 children? What, what, the, what the fuck did that weasel do? Oh, no. It makes you want to know more, but also you don't want to. Yeah, and you see him a few other times throughout the movie. And, oh, my God, those moments are hilarious. <laughs> That fucking weasel. Oh, man. Yeah, there needs to be all the merchandise of the weasel. All of the merchandise. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. The weasel is our hero. But to me, the other breakout character here a little bit is also King Shark. Yes! Voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Yes! He is so perfectly cast here. I mean... I love him. Yeah, I, I could not envision King Shark without Sylvester Stallone's voice. I couldn't... Like, it's just so perfect. Hand! <laughs> oh, man. 
he is a great character. There, there's even moments where you feel really bad for him sometimes. You know? I know he can't help himself. Like, and also Look. he's he's a ginormous fucking shark. You know, and if, as such, he's got to stay out of sight most of the time. But you know, he ends up actually having a good character arc. I mean, everybody in this movie has excellent character arcs. I think. I think so as well. What this movie excels at so much more than the previous film is that every character feels fully realized here. They all have character arcs. They all have personalities. Every single one. I mean, even the motherfucking starfish makes you kind of feel bad for it, you know? Yeah, he Yeah, he just wanted to float in space. That's all. Yeah. But yeah, it's Suicide Squad versus motherfucking Starro the Conqueror. Again, that's in the trailers, so not a spoiler. Yeah, no spoiler there. But um, yeah, this movie has everything you need out of a Suicide Squad movie. And, and, it, and, and it, the characters definitely deliver. And as such, with Starro, you go full kaiju there. And that was great. I mean, James Gunn is really adept at taking multiple genres and kind of melding them together in a way that makes something new. And this is... Uh, definitely a example of that. I mean, his his directing in this movie, I mean, it's very much influenced by trauma. I yeah. mean, that's what was the most remarkable thing to me is that this kind of has trauma's fingerprints all over it. Yeah, it is actually a very, um, very similar to, I guess, some of James Gunn's earlier work with trauma. Uh, given the kind of exploitative nature of the film. So this movie has its R rating, and it definitely earns its R rating, not really through racy humor so much as just over-the-top violence and, of course, explicit language. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's not a whole, like, uh, there's not a whole lot of, like, sexuality in this movie. Like, Like we said, like, Harley Quinn's sexuality is very toned down. Yeah, it's mainly the violence. And, and, it, yeah. and it, man, it delivers. This is definitely the Suicide Squad movie that we needed. And you know what's funny is I'm looking at some of these like audience reviews online, which, by the way, are still mostly positive, and the critical reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Definitely. But um, when looking at those few reviews, you know, some of the people who went to the movie were verified reviews were like, you know, oh, this movie was way too violent. It, you know, just so much gore. I'm like, you went to go watch a movie called The Suicide Squad and you didn't expect it to be violent? I mean, come on now. I mean, isn't that just pretty much what the comics are like? I mean, aren't they really violent, fucking kind of almost like schlock fests in a way? Yeah. And if you think about it, why wasn't it R-rated to begin with? It should always have been R-rated. Like, especially if you're going to have characters like, you know, Harley Quinn or... Uh, what. Uh, Bloodsport, that's his name? Bloodsport, yeah. Yeah. That's Idris Elba's character. Idris Elba is great in this movie, by the way. He he is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and the dynamic between him and Ratcatcher 2 is really, really adorable. I think. She's one of the best performances in this film. I think her name is Melcher Danielle or something. Yeah, and her performance is very earnest, very laid back, but very emotive. I mean, you really get behind her early on. Yeah, and with a small cameo by Taika Waititi of Ratcatcher 1. Yeah, and that's as her father. That is brilliant. And also, I mean, we're not going to get into the scene because spoilers, but there is a scene that kind of tells her backstory in a way that's very innovative. Very innovative use of certain types of storytelling tropes there. And I really liked Taika Waititi as Ratcatcher. There is another scene that he's in where we're not going to get into, but it's 
quite possibly the most emotionally rending part of the movie. And, I mean, he adds a little bit of levity to a character that dies of heroin abuse, you know? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He he definitely does bring a different light to that. And I guess the more we say about that, the more we're going to kind of spoil the dynamic in the movie. Yeah. But needless to say, uh, the interactions between... Uh, between both rat catchers, between you know Melchior Danielle and Taika Waititi, as briefly as he shows in the film, are fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, really makes the heart and the soul of the film. Definitely. But that dynamic between Rat Catcher 2 and Bloodsport is just so sweet, and it just builds up over the entirety of the movie, and it leads to a very, very good payoff. You know? Yeah, because and, and they both have their own father daughter personal dynamics, you know, with their own family members that they're struggling with. And so, you know, they kind of form that bond together. And it's actually a really, really sweet uh, relationship between the characters. I mean, you, you kind of see the hardened exteriors fall off and uh, it, it is a nice depth to all of the comedy and the action. By no means is this movie, you know, just like your typical run-of-the-mill superhero movie. I think this is genuinely an expertly directed and written movie. Yes, and also well cast and well acted. I mean, yeah. everybody who who uh, shows up in this movie is just perfect for their roles, even if they're not there for most of the movie, which, you know, <laughs> we don't want to spoil that too much, but... Needless to say, there is a moment that's very similar to the way that Slipknot was portrayed in the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, definitely. It kind of had that moment. And that kind of goes to another point where in most of the first part of the movie, it feels like it's kind of uh, aping the original Suicide Squad, the air cut or whatever. Uh, it's kind of aping all the story beats from it, but it's just yeah. doing it in entirely different ways. Yeah, and this movie, although it is a sequel and it takes place in the same continuity as the rest of the DCEU, including Suicide Squad 2016, it is a standalone sequel. It's in many ways a soft reboot. Um, and so it's got a completely different tone. It focuses on four of the characters, I think, that carry over from the previous movie, and that's it. Everyone else is entirely new casting. Um, and so it, it very much differentiates itself from the original Suicide Squad movie. And in no way do you need to have even seen that. In a lot of ways, it's almost like this movie just kind of replaces that in the same way that Zack Snyder's Justice League replaced the, the, very the much, Whedon cut. Very much so, honestly. And I mean, it, it's almost kind of unfortunate that this movie was necessary because this is exactly what the original movie should have been. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why people were so inept at that time that they allowed Suicide Squad to become what it was. Yeah. I don't understand. I still don't understand it, really. And Ayer is insistent that what came out was not his movie. Um, and I see a lot of people clamoring for the Ayer cut at this point, but I don't think it's necessary. We've got a good Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, we just don't need it. And to have somebody like James Gunn come in and just leave his mark on Suicide Squad and everything, I mean, there's just no going back as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, this actually has the type of script and the type of directing that is damn near Oscar-worthy, I think. Yeah, it is. I will be in incredibly disappointed. 
if James Gunn is not at least given a Best Director nomination for this. Seriously, he needs to, he needs to be nominated. <clears throat> I mean, it, it 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 I it's bound to happen. This was. Uh, by far one of the best movies of the year. I think my favorite movie of the year so far, uh, my favorite movie to come out of the DCEU, which is saying a lot because I did enjoy the Snyder Cut quite a bit, but this just takes it to that next level. And I'll credit that to James Gunn. You know, what's funny too, because my initial thought was, oh my God, he's perfect because, you know, uh, Suicide Squad was definitely the uh, DC Extended Universe equivalent or they were ma- wanting to make it be the DC universe, Extended Universe equivalent of Guardians of the Galaxy in the MCU. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's funny, though, because James Gunn ends up doing it. And to be honest, it's actually completely different. It's kind of its own thing. He didn't, despite the fact that he could literally have just done Guns of the Galaxy DC style with this, he made it its own movie. Exactly. And he he played up all the characters' strengths to a point where, you know, they all contribute equally to the situation at hand. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's just so much fun. I mean, that, it, it, that's what the original movie forgot. It, it, it made itself off to be a lot more fun than it actually was. And it was really just a dreary, drudging sludge fest of a movie. But this movie is very bright. It's actually colorful in the way that the original Suicide Squad wanted to be, but just couldn't be. Yeah, you know? the original Suicide Squad almost couldn't decide what it was. Yeah. And this movie knows exactly what it is. And yeah, there are some of those beats and some of the same style of humor that you'll see in the Guardians movies. But like I said, it, it definitely also has its own brand. And, and, and this is just leagues ahead of Suicide Squad 2016. I know taste is subjective, um, but I it would be mind-boggling to me that anyone could consider that a more quality film than this one. And I've seen a couple people say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And might I say that, I mean, it's great to see James Gunn just kind of given the leeway to make the movie he really wanted here. It's like, yeah, they, they didn't pull a Zack Snyder on him. They, they didn't do that to him. And one thing that I wanted to bring up, especially before we finish, is the soundtrack. The, just the sheer difference in how the soundtrack of this movie hits versus how the soundtrack of Suicide Squad hits. Yeah. I mean, this is mostly made up of like indie rock tunes. Mostly. It is, which is very interesting because, you know, Guardians uh, 1 and 2, which are, by the way, uh, before I forget to say it, some of my f- Guardians, especially Guardians 1, is one of my favorite movies in the MCU. It's definitely up there in the top 10. Um, anyway, whereas those movies use kind of more uh, mainstream hits from the 70s and 80s. This movie, kind of like you said, it, it delves into the more obscure, and I enjoyed it. I mean, we actually listened to the official playlist on Apple Music, you know, when you and I were driving around before we watched the movie. Yeah. And, I mean, it just really adds more gravitas to the movie a little yeah. bit. Because, I mean, it it doesn't feel as on the nose as the Suicide Squad soundtrack was in 2016 yeah everything was so on the nose that it was cringy honestly (laughs) there's a lot of cringe in that movie yeah and the soundtrack is a huge part of that because it's just so contrived you know but here it flows naturally even i would say diegetically throughout the movie and I mean, speaking of diegetics, yeah, I loved the the yeah the diegetic wording throughout the movie. You know, with the scene transitions and 
Yeah. I guess what has seen titles. Yeah, that was artfully done. Even starting at the very beginning of the movie when you see the Warner Brothers Pictures Present logo, yeah. that credit in blood in the water. It's yeah. like that was really creative. Yeah. We're not going to say who, but you, you do get to see the you finally do get to see the head explosion. Yeah, you finally get to see this, and it is just as awesome as we envisioned it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, Slipknot's death was bullshit. This is like, yeah, this is what we needed. Yeah, this and this is in, in many ways the Suicide Squad movie that we needed. Um, that's yeah, why it's... We, we can't say that enough, <laughs> because Suicide Squad 2016 was such a massive fuck-up. That it it took getting someone of the caliber of James Gunn to come in here and fix this shit. Yeah, and and I'll say a lot of it also is studio interference. Whether or not David Ayer could have produced a movie that was that was good, I don't know. I don't know anything about his directoral style. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies, but I think a talent like James Gunn is exactly who we needed um, in kind of the slope and allowing James Gunn, yes, Warner Brothers, allowing James Gunn to do what he wants to do, allowing the Snyder Cut to be exactly what you know, the fans wanted it to be. Um, these are the kind of moves that you need to continue making. Um, just let the directors take control and have their vision. You know, there's this is what it makes a, a critically successful movie. Exactly. And especially getting somebody who really knows what they're doing, like James Gunn does. I mean, this movie really impressed me from a, from a standpoint of, like, cinematography, from the directing, like like I said, the song choices, and also how he got his actors to act. Like, for instance, that dynamic between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. I mean, that's great. They, they knew, it's like, I think that they served with each other. Yeah. Yeah, they served with each other, and I think he served with Flag as well. Or was it, did he serve with Flag and Peacemakers just somebody from... Okay, no, no, I Flag yeah. served with Bloodsport. Yeah, you're and right, you're Peacemaker right. is just his own character. By the way, John Cena, I had no idea he actually was this good at acting. Uh, I think he delivered also a fantastic performance as yeah, Peacemaker. Yeah, in, in all seriousness, you know, memes put aside. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's actually really entertaining in this movie. I mean, and he goes from really affable to then dorky and... You know, to just really bloodthirsty and fucking brutal and just like that. Yes. I mean, it, he turns it on and off so perfectly. And, and he's got kind of this rivalry going on with Bloodsport, who, by the way, I mean, obviously is kind of the stand-in for Will Smith's Deadshot, but in, in a lot of ways is his own character. And the dynamic between him and his daughter, in my opinion, was way better than what was explored between Will, uh, Deadshot and his daughter. Yeah, and the whole point of that is Bloodsport's relationship with his daughter is just a total dumpster fire at that point. It's I mean, complicated. It's complicated. She's angry at him for just, you know, teaching her, like, unscrupulous things. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's still just mad at her for just getting caught. It's like, yeah. it's like how do these people meet halfway? You it know? just Elba just plays such a more compelling character in my opinion and originally i believe he actually was going to be cast as deadshot but they decided to change that and um cast him as another character so that will smith could potentially return in the future but i, I think it's important to note here though is that you know i i, I just think that you know as, as that kind of that character stand in he just does so much better and maybe that's interest elba's acting maybe that's james gunn's writing maybe it's a little bit of both but and on that note 
I have to say it would be very interesting if James Gunn directs another Suicide Squad movie and they get Will Smith back. Because and they kind of have a rivalry going on with the two of them now. Yeah. I mean, but just seeing what James Gunn could do with someone like Will Smith is yeah. interesting. That, that, that is actually very interesting to me. But I don't know. With this, well, okay, sorry. That's going to be a spoiler. We can't talk about it. Okay. I'm just I'm just going to say I don't know that they may continue with all of these same characters. They may continue the whole idea of a different set of characters, just like the Suicide Squad comics every time. Yeah, and honestly, it kind of makes sense that that's what's been happening up to that point. Yeah. I mean, especially since, you know, you're only really getting, like, two characters from the original movie that yeah. really come back. And only one of whom, well, only one of whom, I'm not going to... Just finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I almost got into spoiler ter territory too, everybody. <laughs> God, and, there's so much that you can say about this. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of in terms of the uh, of the story, but um, no, like, you definitely need to go see it. <laughs> yes, go see this movie. I mean, I guess that we can go ahead and start getting into final thoughts. We weren't going to do a very long <laughs> review of this movie because you know we don't want to get too heavy into spoilers, but. What did you think about this movie, Ash? Oh, God. Okay. So this is a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I think this is one of the best superhero movies ever to come out. It's genuinely my favorite movie of the year. Um, and, and that is saying a lot. I think it's up there with a lot of the better movies in the MCU. So And, and I attribute that to James Gunn because James Gunn is brilliant. Um, God, he is a fantastic director, a fantastic writer. Can't say enough good things about this guy. Can't say enough good things about the casting in this movie because it's perfect. Margot Robbie kicks ass. That's a consistent note is that Margot Robbie just is just fantastic. Um, and we really get to finally see her shine with some good writing this time. Um, Idris Elba, again, Fantastic actor. Um, I love him getting into actually a very central character in the movie. Yeah. Um, Ratcatcher 2, Melchior Danielle, perfect. John Cena, perfect. And that fucking weasel that and fucking King Shark. Weasel. And, but you're forgetting Polka Dot Man. What about Polka Dot Man? Uh, David Desmatchin as Polka Dot Man is actually one of one of the funniest performances. You're never really sure how you feel about him, right? He's always so off-putting. He he looks like he's just about to snap and just unleash his polka dots on everybody yes. at any second. <laughs> but he holds it back and he gives an interesting performance. Yeah. Honestly. And 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 yeah, his uh, character arc ends in a very funny way. <laughs> funny yeah. and sad at the same time, but it, it's pretty hilarious, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Marvel actors that are in this one, by the way. Uh, Michael Rooker, Sean Gunn, Idris Elba. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it is. There are a lot. Uh, even Palm Clementif, <laughs> yeah. actually. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester fucking Stallone. It's it's good to see him getting roles like this, man. I mean, he's he's done some pretty campy movies before. I don't know if you've seen Demolition Man. No. Yeah, you gotta see Demolition Man. But he great. he was also in the MCU, actually. He's in Guardians 2. Yeah, that's right. He is. Yeah. So I, I love the connections that James Gunn brings into this movie. Um, go watch it. Seriously, if you don't want to go waste money on a on a theater ticket and drive all the way out in COVID, you know, because evidently the pandemic still exists. Because um, yeah, let's not get into that. Let's right not now. get into it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> even though we're vaccinated, we just thought it would be fun to just chill at home and and watch it streaming on HBO Max, and it's free. 
Yeah. So that, that's what I was going to say. If you don't want to go watch it at the theaters, uh, go check it out on HBO Max. You know someone who has an HBO Max subscription. I know you do. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with my final thoughts and my final rating, I mean, there's not a whole lot that I can add to what you just said about the movie. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10 as well because it's just that much of a fun and exciting and thrilling movie. And I love the characters. And I want that fucking weasel to have his own series. Yes, goddammit. We need to make the weasel the new mascot of the DCEU. Yeah, and I'm so excited to see uh, the Peacemaker series that's coming out next year. And also, uh, it, it's it's pretty much been confirmed that, that James Gunn is going to come back to direct another DCEU movie. Or at least they want him to. So if he doesn't do the next Suicide Squad, literally, he can, he, he can take anything. It would be interesting to see what he would do with something like Shazam. True, right? true. But Shazam is really well directed. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, that actually is a great movie, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I would. I'm so excited to see what he's going to bring in. And now I'm excited, more excited than ever for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And before that, I think the holiday special is coming out. Yeah, the holiday special will be interesting. <laughs> and, and just thinking that James Gunn has left his mark on two comic book franchises now is quite, you know, interesting. Two relatively obscure comic book franchises, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Guardians and Suicide Squad, which are well, you by know, the time kind of analogous up, to each other anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, and by the time you picked up Suicide Squad, obviously it wasn't as obscure. But you know what I mean? At one point it was. Yeah, definitely. And, and and it should have been James Gunn directing from the beginning. So, <laughs> yeah, he was the only one that could have really gotten this. I, I don't know. Maybe Taika Waititi could have done. Taika Waititi well. could, could definitely get these characters, I think. I'd love to see what he could do with another DC property. Yeah, that would be really interesting, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, 10 out of 10 as far as I'm concerned. This is one of the better comic book movies I have seen, like, ever. Like, I mean, and I think that it's going to age well, even, because it's just that funny. It's that well-directed. Yes. And, yeah, get this man an Oscar, as far as I'm concerned. Please. Yeah. But anyway, Ash, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, what's going on with Collateral Gaming? Well, with Collateral Gaming, we are talking about Sonic 06. That is going to be our bad game review of the season. And then we're going to be doing our season finale on the Quantic Dream games. Uh, that is Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And also Sonic 06. Man, we were watching gameplay of that. Oh, geez. That, that looks like a headache to play. Yeah. Yeah. So and during the break um, for both Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming, uh, we're going to be continuing to release the director's cut and bonus round content on a, at least a bi-weekly basis um well we'll try to yeah and the next director's cut is going to be another full-length commentary for free and i believe we're going to be doing the buttercream gang too we need to we need to because i mean i think we're going to do a patreon exclusive uh commentary for buttercream gang. for buttercream gang one i was just about to say that we need to just yeah. do both of those yeah but yeah look for that and also look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also on Good Pods. We just got on Good Pods recently, so follow us there. Check us out. Listen to us there. And also you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Play, Apple Music, I believe. We're on Amazon Music. 
You can find us on... <laughs> oh, wow. I'm having a fucking rank. Brain fart? I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. Whatever. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on any social media. Uh, check out our Patreon. Yeah. Check out our Patreon. And also look for our season premiere in October. We're going to be doing Necromantic. And look for... Fuck yeah. And we're going to do an at-the-theater review of Halloween Kills. So... Yeah, definitely look for that near, near the end of the year. So, fuck yeah. So, I guess that's all there is to say. Go watch the Suicide Squad. I'm telling you, go watch it right now. Definitely. Uh, if you haven't already. Yeah. But, um, I guess that being said, I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this was Collateral Cinema. Go, go watch this movie, y'all. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.